Dear Broadies, before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion in the United States. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety, and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions in this country. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans and people who live in America. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. You can find a list of where to donate in each state at donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. I have personally started donating to states where trigger laws go into effect immediately. Remember, even if you can only spend $1 or $5, that helps. There are things we can do to fight this, and it is going to take continued focus and community support. So I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Part of you doesn't want to really explain yourself sometimes. And it's like, why do you have to explain yourself when people, when it's people's perception, Mm -hmm. that's all it is, you know, like we're not here to prove ourselves really we're here to just be ourselves so hello everybody and welcome to the pod broads this is a podcast about women in podcasting and i'm your host alexandra cole Hello, friends. I am going to start today off with a quick shout out to another podcaster named Tina, who is the host of the Muck Podcast. She left me a beautiful review not too long ago titled Must Listen and naming it as The Content We Need and how what I am doing here offers hope and insight to women considering starting a podcast, among other things that I haven't air quoted. This is just one of the main things I truly hope is happening with the podcast. So to read and hear that is just wonderful. And I appreciate those of you who have taken the time to write out a five-star review. And so if you are listening and you haven't yet and you have a free moment, please do. This is a small yet impactful way that you can help support the pod for free and ensure that more people get it into their feeds and that I reach new listeners. So thank you again to Tina. And if you do write a review, you just might hear me talk about it and you on a future episode. Now on to this week's guest. I spoke with my friend Ilani Salcedo not too long ago, and the day in which we recorded this episode, I was going through it, and you won't hear what I'm going to tell you in our actual conversation because it was in our pre-talk before hitting record, but Ilani asked me how I was, and I was like, to be honest, today has been rough, like capital R, rough, and I was just pulling it together for this interview, and I tell you this because it was kind of perfect because I knew I would be sitting down to chat with Ilani, which made me feel better about it because I knew she would get it. And it's something that she talks about a lot in her work, namely her podcast, Ilani Talks, is just 
completely centered on self-care and what that looks like for an individual and the great need for it for each person. I knew there would be no judgment. And even listening back through this episode made me get into a state of like ease after having an anxious day before editing this. And Ilani has such a calming approach to conversation. And we talk a little bit about that during the interview. We also talk about how a bad job and breakup ignited her self-care journey and helped her put together some pieces in her past that had all been leading to this point of understanding and implementation of her own practices. She breaks down how her approach to self-care might differ from what we can see in the more quote-unquote popular culture use of it and how dance actually helped prepare her for the work that she is doing now as a writer and podcaster. So if you're listening to this on the day the episode drops, that means you have about two more weeks until Ilani's self-care bundle is available for you to get. And if that sounds interesting, don't worry. We get into it a little bit more toward the latter half of our conversation and also the why behind it and why she created it. And I just hope our conversation sends you out like it does for me. And I'm so excited for you to hear Ilani's journey. It's so nice to be at this stage of collaboration because you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we got connected through the Girl Boss Network. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay. And then and then I got to feature you on Pod Radar, which was exciting. Yes. And then from there we've just been able to stay connected. Yeah. So I'm very excited that you're here today. So before we jump into anything else, can you tell my listeners about you and about your work and you know, those as two separate things and maybe how they might intersect. Right. And they definitely do intersect. So it'll be, it'll be <laughs> yeah. good to kind of like <laughs> say it all in once. Um, so I'm Ilani Salcedo. I am a podcast host to my podcast, Ilani Talks, and I'm also a copywriter for wellness brands. My wellness brands, uh, copywriting that I do, I have been copywriting for a very long time, but I recently just started really offering those services this past year, um, a little bit also in 2020 and that has gone really well and then I kind of have my own personal brand that also deals with mental health and emotional health topics through my affirmations that I always share motivating content and um, things like that and of course writing is a huge part of it so there goes my blog blog as well my newsletter that my subscribers get all the time and then when it comes to my podcast I really wanted to, I guess, find a different avenue to kind of still share what I'm all about and my work as much as it, yes, it's my personal brand and I have my copywriting services is so much of me. I have been writing since I can remember. It was like a therapeutic form. So that's how I came to to do that as a career. But then when my podcast, I was just like, I want to put a voice to it, like my literal voice. And then (laughs) I'll also have people come on, but I didn't know how to do that. But I was like, you know what, I I just need to start it because I was thinking about this for years. And then then because I already was talking about mental health and emotional health topics, I was like, this could be also the topic or around that topic on my podcast. So I focused on redefining self-care and love for your mental health. That's very important to me because self-care looks different to everyone. So Mm -hmm. aside from sometimes having episodes with me coming on, I have guests who also speak about their own journeys and really show up as their full selves, which I think is so important because we're also multifaceted no matter what we're doing, no matter if we're entrepreneurs, 
work for someone or are looking for a career. We all do things differently, and I think it's really important to kind of bring that to the table no matter what episode it is. Yeah, 100%. And so when it's with you, what are what are some of the other parts of yourself that you're bringing to the table, like parts of your identity that come into play when you're doing that work? Right. So I, I really try to put my own experiences behind it. Yes, these topics are very like, um, very sometimes very deep and fine. I could talk about like, how you could get better or like what's the best self-care practices but I think putting my story behind it at times is very important so I do try to bring that in especially through my episodes I sometimes have too much fun having conversations with people so I'm like right (laughs) I have an episode two or I should bring an episode in with just me explaining uh what I what I offered how I got into this career in general and I think that's always really important to also share like who you are besides you creating all these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And my self-care journey, I think, has led me to do the work that I'm doing today, especially focus on mental health, Um, just because I suffer from depression at times and I really have to like look after myself in that sense. And all the self-care tools that I've been able to actually um, really intertwine into my life including the work that I do like I said like it's still so much of me even though Mm -hmm. it is you know my copywriting my podcast the content I put out it's it's really from a place like really within and what I absolutely love doing and I just want people to always also find that they're able to always move forward no matter what it is that they're going through and that's a huge Mm -hmm. message that I always try to bring as well even as a person you know like aside from this like I think I try to do that just in all my relationships people I come across and and all of that yeah so I'm curious because I'm definitely someone who is way into mental health and you know just trying to find better ways of coping and like you said I also deal with depression and anxiety PTSD, all those fun things. And I I think you do such a nice job of it too. We'll get even deeper into it. But I'm always curious about like the starting point where you were kind of cognizant of it and mm-hmm. how you could actively implement self-care and like what self-care meant to you. Like, is that something growing up that was a conversation in your family or was that something that you as the singular person you know, within your family kind of ended up seeking out. Right. It Not that it wasn't not spoken about, but I don't think we have the language of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I don't think it was a huge thing like, yes, you need to do self-care things or, or, you know, like, I don't think that language was in our dynamic. I mean, we're hard workers. Um, we do, or like how I grew up and my parents and my family, yeah, take care of yourself. Um, but it was more so, I think, taking care of everyone else as well. I think also mm-hmm. as women, we we kind of do that intuitively. I'm not going to speak for every woman, but, you know, right. um, intuitively <laughs> yeah. we just do that. So I think I did definitely see that. And I also noticed that that can't be my whole life. Even if it comes and I do that often, it that just can't be it. But I think when it came to my own self-care and like when it actually like clicked was when I found myself myself in like really um, jobs that I just didn't like. And mm. I was super depressed. Like I didn't notice it then, but like 
looking back, I was just not happy. I I usually am able to get along with everyone and just do the work that I need to do, but this this job just really sucked. Like it was just it had me cr- <laughs> yeah. it had me like crying and I don't cry I cry easily in my like personal life like I'm a crier, but right I, when yeah, it me too. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to professional <laughs> stuff, like I don't really get hurt like that, but this was just the first job where I was just like, "Oh no, like I just can't be here." So I stuck it out for like a year and then I I had some really tough years after that. It wasn't like all of a sudden I was okay. But then I think a lot of different things were happening in like my family. I got into a relationship that was just not good. Um, Mm -hmm. And that ended very abruptly. And that just like was the tipping point. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because I was having a conversation on another podcast that I was a guest on. And I think that was the first time I noticed that there was just events happening back to back. And not that I define that breakup as, like, the only thing that brought me to, like, my self-care today. But I was like, oh, no. Like, there was a lot of different events that happened prior to this. This was just the tipping point that was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, no. Like, you're not okay or, like, just you need to take care of yourself a little bit more. And then around that time, I was going to a yoga studio where I was going often during the weeks. And then they had a workshop. And it was on meditation. I forgot what it was called, but it was like to to really find, I think, maybe find your purpose. It was something like that. And mm-hmm. this was right after the breakup, right around the holidays, around the new year as well. So wait, how old were you at this point? Twenty seven or twenty six? Twenty seven. Okay. And how I guess how long ago is that now? I don't know how old you are, so I don't want to presume. <laughs> like three or four years ago. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, cool. I, so I went to that, that workshop. It was like life-changing. It's one of those things that's really hard to explain in, in enough words to like really give you the meaning but or what it actually means and feels. But during that workshop, she, uh, the person leading it gave us like, a few different uh, meditations to do and she suggested she didn't force anyone she was like you could do this for 40 (laughs) days and like you'll see changes I've done it a few times and it's been life-changing and I'm all for like challenges so I'm like oh I'm gonna do this and I and I was in a place where I was just like I need (laughs) something to like you know I need to get better because I wasn't happy I was so sad the way especially that breakup just came to be and yeah I don't think without that, I would be where I am today, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. It, like, definitely changed. I was able to do it those 40 days and continuously do it. There were days where I didn't want to show up, and it was just, like, crying my eyes out. Um, Yeah. Like, very painful stuff, but it was my therapy when I needed it. So I think that's a huge catalyst on why I'm more grounded today, you know? Yeah. I love that you framed it in that way because I'm sure you've seen this, but oftentimes in discourse around, you know, either traumatic situations or events that people have gone through, there's there's that one uh side and group of people who like to say, "Oh, well that's what what's made you who you are mm. today." And I'm very much not the kind of person who likes that framing. Uh I think the framing of, no, look at what I did to deal with and cope with that after. That's me. That's on me that I've been able to do that. And I feel like that for you was the exact situation. Like you could have 
gone a completely different route but because of who you are because you like your challenges (laughs) and you also were in a place where you wanted to help yourself um you you did that and you were able to implement that that really impressive (laughs) amount of time I'm like very impressed that's not easy to do at all not at all and there was yeah honestly like I said there were days where I just didn't want to show up it was just too much hard work like it it literally there were days and there was actually one particular day that I that I continuously remember when I think of that time where there was such a deep knot in my throat like it was so Mm -hmm. painful I was like I've never heard like I've had knots in my throat um you know, just from crying in general, but like this, <laughs> yeah, this I've never felt like, oh my God. And it just helped with so many other like limiting beliefs that I had, like mindsets that, yeah. that, you know, I was just, I just had and kind of break through those as well. So it was just like a very wholesome experience, whether <laughs> it was difficult or not. Yeah. It was just, it was, Im- do you mean, do you mean wholesome? Like, like, you entirely like your body yeah or like okay I was like wholesome I'm always like oh like a little a wholesome tv show or something that for like kids and I was like I don't know that sounds sounds a little intense no it was that that intense for real like yeah yeah and our bodies hold so much when we're going through things emotionally so it just like I said it's hard to explain with enough words to really capture it but I hope this all mm-hmm. made sense <laughs> for that wholesome experience. Yes, it definitely did. I actually really like that meaning of it. Um, and it makes me think about, because we've actually had a conversation before about that re- redefining element mm-hmm. of, the, of self-care. And I forget what the language was that we came up with on oh, that right. one chat we were having. It was about like the how you want growth to look or it was just very centered on the individual mm-hmm. but I don't remember I wrote it down the exact yeah <laughs> I did definitely write it down I'm like oh I have to quote you on this um maybe it was like self-care is what you make of it or something along along those yeah. lines it was something like that but I wanted to ask you today about kind of self-care industry and how you place the work you're doing with your podcast and with your writing and your belief system of it because you know, I don't know about you, but I know that there's that side of the industry where self-care has become really like commodified Mm. and like, you know, just like a shell of what it actually means. And for me, I'm like, yes, definitely. There's those moments of self-care that are kind of the lighter pieces, if you will, Mm -hmm. and like the fun pieces. But I also, as someone who's gone through like really intense therapy, kind of like what you were just describing with those 40 days, I also know that self-care can be really painful sometimes, but like a good kind of painful. Um, So when you were beginning your podcast, where, like, how did you see it fitting into the self-care that was developing in discourse at the time? Mm -hmm. And kind of where do you see it now in comparison to some of the other usages of it that you see? Right. So when I started off, I did have the idea to focus on that. And I don't think I used in my branding as much as I, as I did when I started the second season about redefining mm-hmm. self-care and love for your mental health. Okay. Like that was really solidified for my second season. As I went in, I definitely knew I wanted to share my experiences and like I say, also other people's experience. But I think because I just wanted to start it, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm just going to (laughs) begin. So at first, not that I didn't have a clue, but I guess I didn't. 
I didn't know exactly what this would be or how it would come out, but I knew for sure I wanted it to be different from what, like you mentioned, everything, how self-care is packaged, like the lighter bits mm-hmm. of it. Um, again, I think it's so important for the topics that I speak about and the people that come on my podcast to bring their whole selves to speak about what they're most comfortable about, of course, but speak about their their experiences, like what broke them, what has brought them to do this type of self-care that they do, whatever it might be. It And it doesn't always look the same. So I think, again, that's my mission in the sense with my podcast. Self-care is not going to always be put a face mask on, go get your hair done. Like that's <laughs> that's not it. I mean, it could definitely yeah. be part of it. And it could just be um, to just feel good for the day if you just had a rough day. But I think it's very important to do the work, even if it hurts, you know, like mm-hmm. at the moment, yes, it does suck, but I think it brings you more clarity and I think more peace of mind. And that I think that's the message that I always have behind anything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about the way that like those two sides of self-care can really complement each other. Like, like when I'm in therapy sessions right now, my partner and I were in therapy together Mm -hmm. and my therapist now and my therapist previously when I was just doing one-on-one, they both were really kind of adamant about, you know, in like after really tough sessions, what's something you can do that's going to be self-soothing? Mm. So that that flip side of it where it's like, okay, you really just did the hard work and now what are you going to do to like relax your body, relax your mind, bring yourself some joy or just kind of like allow yourself to take that in and not let it be so heavy yeah. in the moment. Um, and I really get that sense. Like when I'm listening to your podcast, it's so relaxing. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> and yeah, it is. It really is. Um, I was actually listening to the one with, um, I don't remember her name, but it was about the clothing, um, the stylist oh, yeah. recently. And I loved that one. Right. I like... I loved the way that she thought about clothes Mm -hmm. and like specifically the piece about like how much our closets hold. And, you know, that wasn't something I'd never thought about, but I think especially after this year with the pandemic and being inside and being stuck inside, Mm -hmm. like, and also not wearing a lot of your clothes, it's really got me thinking about like just how to tackle it anew I guess you could say Mm -hmm. I don't know what what was something either in that interview or in other interviews that you really got and that really stuck with you after speaking with someone there are so many like Mm -hmm. like I've come away from a lot of conversations I'm like that is the best conversation I've had (laughs) and then the next one comes but like you mentioned the that that one with the style um with Holly she I think, like you say, her perspective is something so unique that we don't really speak about. We might think about our our clothes and our closets in that way, but, like, her bringing it to the table is like, oh, right, there's reasons why I might be attached to this, or there was a reason why my closet, or I look at my closet, and I'm like, well, I don't have anything to wear, but, like, there's a bunch of clothes there. Um, So I think that's definitely one that stuck to me. And also one with, um, I had one with this woman, Karen. And I think the things that she went through, um, she went through a terrible breakup as well, but hers was very, like, abrupt and, like, just 
just crazy. But um, mm-hmm. I think her journey definitely also stuck with me. Like, um, and her her also her mission of just accept you for you. I think that was another one that really stuck with me more recently. Um, but yeah, I could I yeah. could say those definitely. Yeah, I know it's always a difficult question and. You know, my listeners are probably like, we've heard you say this before, but (laughs) I just like seeing what comes up in those moments, Mm -hmm. um, like unprepared, like what moment pops into your brain. So I just I had to ask. Hey, friends, just a brief pause from this conversation so I can tell you about The Wave Podcasting. The Wave is a company that helps women grow their podcasts so they can build an audience and get paid. They offer educational resources and a digital community, of which I am a part of, and I've gotten to meet some pretty dope women and get some great tips along the way. Plus, the founder, Lauren Popish, is a huge reason I've been able to start this podcast. She helped me find the perfect recording equipment for my setup and just get really comfortable with jumping in for the first time. And here's what's cool. They have a free mini guide that will help you kickstart your podcast growth strategy that you can download today by going to the show notes to find the link to their website. And when you're ready, you can purchase a complete guide to podcasting and use my code PODRALAND, P-O-D-D-R-A-L-A-N-D-10 to get 10% off the total cost. So ladies, come podcast. I was especially stoked to talk to you because I know that you're an English major. Yes. (laughs) And um, I love talking to fellow English majors, but especially in the context of our podcast work, I wanted to ask about like influence and the work that you did as an English major and someone who's moved through the world as a writer prior to getting into podcasting. Cause I know for me, like a lot of the things I studied in terms of like critical lenses, like, you know, like trauma theory or intersectionality, critical race theory, like things Mm -hmm. like that. And certain books that I read I can see now looking back were, as we were talking about before, like kind of these stepping stones for the way that I was going to engage with my work Mm -hmm. now and the way that I'm moving through the podcast space, if you will. So I guess I was just curious, (laughs) like if, if looking back, you can identify something you studied or like the work that you did was it lit or was it just um, or was it a different type of English? Because I know different programs are different. Yeah, it was it was it was lit. It was um, just English. So I studied American literature as well as um, British literature. That was part of the curriculum mm-hmm. um, and all those like general classes as well. Um, I actually right. started my before um, falling into English. I didn't go into college thinking I would be a writer or professional writer. Which, yeah. um, which I love that I that that's what it came out of it. But I actually went in <laughs> as a special ed education major. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. and I had to drop it because like the prerequisites, like it was gonna just take me forever to graduate. So that my advisor at the time, um, she was like, "Why don't you just drop your major, go and do a subject, and then um, then come back and do an alternate route if you still want to be a teacher." Um, okay. And then I did English, and then I was just like, "No, I don't want to be a teacher." Like, <laughs> I actually like it's really hard for me um, to stand up in front of a class. Like, I did Sunday school. I was a teacher at a Sunday school, at, like while I was still in oh, college, yeah. and it was a very small class, and it's not like that intense as you know regular teachers in schools. But I was just like, right. 
I don't think I could carry a classroom. Like, and I would <laughs> never want to do that to kids or just like students, you know, just do this job just because. So I'm like, yeah, well, there was a reason why I had to drop it aside from obviously what we were discussing, me and my advisor. But English yeah. just turned out to be um, something that I that I just loved, obviously. Um, but right. I think having so many psychology classes and being so interested in like the mental health part of things really mirrors mm -hmm. what I was also studying then. So I think that's just, yeah. that's also really interesting that you asked that because I've never really thought about it like that, but yeah. <laughs> did you, uh, did you ever get to read the yellow wallpaper? No. In your studies? Do you know that piece? No. Oh, I was asking because that that was one of those pieces for me in undergrad that I read that was like the psychology, but like also like history of uh, like kind of women's rights mm -hmm. and like feminist theory and things like that. But it's a it's a good one if you like the kind of psychological. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would call it like a psychological thriller, but I would say it's um, <laughs> horrifying when you see what's going on. So I don't know. But no, I like that. Sounds like a I like that stuff. <laughs> No, I like yeah. things that make me think and make me, like, question uh, and really, like, I like challenges. So I like reading things that really challenge my mind or just, like, I don't know. Yeah, it just, yeah. just gets really deep with stuff. Well, if you read it, you'll have to let me know what you think. Will do. Um, so I want to talk about a specific episode that you just um came out with and obviously when this episode comes out it'll be a little bit past um your most recent episode but it's the solo one that you did mm -hmm. and there were a lot of pieces in there that I just really loved and appreciated in terms of your honesty and it was mainly about imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and that's a topic that comes up a lot on this podcast because I think it's something that a lot of us deal with and are presently dealing with oh, yeah. um, very often in different areas of our life. And that was something you did because you talked about it in the sense of like the professional, but also these personal spaces. Right. So first of all, I love learning that you're, you were a dancer for so long mm -hmm. and it made me like wonder what pieces from being a dancer do you feel like come into the way you approach work I think there's definitely I did so I did all types of dances I did mostly ballet and point um those are like my main ones but I did ballet point tap jazz um acrobatics at one point but whoa yeah <laughs> but <awesome>. but <laughs> I couldn't get a back walk over and I was trying for years I finally got it the day of the recital I didn't get it on the show I, oh, no. I just stopped. I cried. I remember crying my eyes out afterwards. I think I was like 11. I don't remember. I don't know. Something like that. I cried my eyes out and I told my mom, yeah, I'm not taking this next year. <laughs> like, I can't. I literally just quit. I'm not a quitter like that, but I, I don't know. It was just very traumatic for me. Whoa. Um, you knew in that moment that it wasn't for right, you anymore. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I think because I love ballet and I love point, um, I have this grace to myself, which a lot of people like say that and I don't really yeah. see it, but I have to like sit with them and, like, all right, well, if every if everybody's kind of saying this and bring it to my attention every single time, then it must be there. Um, but I think I being graceful or having some type of grace allows you to move through in a more, I guess, 
Pe- not peaceful, but like I don't know, like in a more mm-hmm. flowy way. Not in like airy. I don't even know <laughs> what other words to use <laughs> or how to explain it. But I think also that and um, dance is not like super structured, but you are thinking of like sequences and and the next mm-hmm. step. So I think that as well. But I think that's also my personality. Like I like kind of having things in order. Not so much as a perfectionist, but things that flow well. You know, like steps this step goes here and this step is next and just having that so i think dance also has that kind of structure that really fits who i am too yeah yeah that's a good point there was um that part of the episode i really liked your framing of it and kind of your analysis of you know the way your teacher would have you and the other girls um, challenge yourselves to either be like put on the spot or figure out what your, I don't know if blind spots is the word, but there'd be these moments where she would challenge you to perform the dance alone so mm-hmm. that you could see who or what you're relying on and if you actually had it by yourself. So I thought that that was, that was a really great piece for me because I think there's that section about like self-awareness mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about, especially for you as a writer and a podcaster and, you know, same, like I, I'm just always very interested in the way that our mediums affect the way that we are either dealing with our audience mm-hmm. and shifting things to kind of match the space that we're in. And so with the self-awareness piece, I was thinking, like, how do you think that shifts or changes or maybe is really similar in the work that you do for your writing versus the work that you do for podcasting? Like, how does it impact your own self-awareness? Um, I think being really mindful of where your energy goes is one of the first things. Um, being really self-aware of how you divide your time and always keeping in mind for each thing that you do, why am I doing this? Even if, mm-hmm. like, you've repeated to yourself a bunch of times, like, I think it's so important, anything that you do, why why am I doing this and how am I doing this and who for? While Mm -hmm. definitely like as podcasters, our audience is so important, but also what we want to bring to the table is just as important. So try to finding that balance while, yes, we want to grow our audience and make sure we're reaching who we want to reach, but also not like lose ourselves in the process, I think is always important. So that's why I always like remind yourself, like, why are you doing this? Even if like you have to ask yourself every single time you make an episode (laughs) so that you like, you know, you say you stay true to it, because sometimes we could be so caught up in creating as Mm -hmm. obviously like as a copywriter, just creating for clients that I could easily forget the content that I make for my own self. And then with podcasting, you could really get caught up with what people want to bring to the table aside from like, you know, obviously you you publishing episodes and you having the topics that you want to speak about, but also being really mindful, like, okay, is this episode and is this person bringing the value that I want with the content that I want to put out there? And Mm -hmm. am I giving my audience also what they need? Am I giving them answers? Um, Yeah, because I, I guess we could easily also if we're not really mindful, we could easily just ramble about random things and that wouldn't (laughs) that wouldn't you know be beneficial for anyone so I think always coming back to like why you start or like why you do think is is very very important and just to be mindful about um yeah because that'll really guide you and also weed out what's not for you as well yeah yeah that's a really good point it 
it made me think about how when I was starting this podcast and even in like my first uh, five episodes that I recorded, I remember going into it very much with that feeling of like, oh, it's supposed to be like this or it's supposed to be about these conversations. And now since launching and really listening back through the episodes and having some space from it, I'm like, oh, the focus is going to always be on the story. Yes, the podcast, but you know, everything else that comes in about the podcast is going to be natural as long as we're focusing on that individual person's story. And I think I'm just now letting myself explore that a little bit more versus like, oh, this is, I don't know, like you, we have these ideas that people are sitting there thinking that something we're creating is supposed to be some type of way where it's like, no, they're just receiving what, what you're giving exactly. them. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. One more important PSA. Here's my challenge for you. Take a screenshot right now of this episode and share on social media with a tag to Podgerland and the guest. I want to know that you're listening and I want to shout you out. Also, are you signed up for Podgerland's email list yet? Because as much as I love social media and connecting through there, I'm also preparing for its demise and I want to make sure that I stay in touch with you and we have control over our communication. Not only will you get important updates about this show, you'll get recommendations of other women-hosted podcasts, news related to podcasters you love, discounts on my cute-ass merch, and much more. Okay, let's get back into this interview. I also wanted to ask, one other thing about that episode and then I have a couple more for you before we do some rapid fire and um it was the it was the part where you're talking about how your family's from the Dominican Republic and you talked about kind of that issue of being told like you're not Dominican enough or things like that and the reason I want to ask about this section was the way you framed it on that episode was I remember like right before it and it was this was the only part that I recall you kind of introing this next piece this way, but about how like nervous you were to bring it up. But first of all, I love that you still brought it up, even though you were nervous about it. And then it also got me wondering, because I was like reading through some of your blog posts, but obviously I haven't read like your full, you know, all of your yeah. your works. And so I don't know if you've ever done that in another space before? Like whether you've written, so, okay, you're shaking your head. Yeah, between, so this no. was like first time. Um, so I'm always really interested in what makes us decide which medium to introduce something that we're dealing with. Like with my experience with sexual abuse, the first thing that I chose to put it through was in writing on my blog. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to speak about it um, on a podcast later on and, and just more and more in other spaces. But what do you think for you is the reason that, you know, that episode, this season, this medium felt like the right place to do it for you? Right. That is such a wonderful question. I love that. Um, I guess so. When I when I um, when I started like brainstorming, okay, I definitely wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. I started brainstorming, writing things down, and I honestly I went into the recording thinking of only three things to talk about, and it mm -hmm. just kind of developed the way it did, and um, and especially on that part where I felt or I feel sometimes imposter syndrome when it comes just to, to Hispanic culture in general. Mm -hmm. 
I could have easily been like, I don't want to talk about this. Um, right. Just because like, you know, you don't want to be judged if you're already feeling being felt judged. And sometimes it's really, I guess like how I said, it's nerve wracking because you might open conversations that, again, make you feel so uncomfortable because it's like, part of you doesn't want to really explain yourself sometimes. And it's like, why do you have to explain yourself when people, when it's people's perception, Mm -hmm. that's all it is. You know, like, we're not here to prove ourselves, really. We're here to just be ourselves. So, Mm, so, so there's that aspect of it. But I think what led me to even do that was, I can't speak about being fully yourself without me being fully myself. So, Mm -hmm. I think I've gotten a lot more comfortable speaking and speaking on my podcast in general that I just said, like, let me just do it. And, and yeah, let's see how it comes out. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I love that. I just I always love hearing for like anyone, but women in particular, I always love hearing that moment, that shift of how the work and space you've been creating for yourself gets you to a moment where you feel like you can like share fully, right. you know? It's yeah. just, I love it. Yeah. That was, that's also, that that's definitely a quotable moment. I love when you were like, uh, you were like, we're not here to prove ourselves. <laughs> we're here to be ourselves. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, but it's so true. I mean, we guess, we could get so caught up in everything that's like happening outside of us, people's views that we, losing ourselves is not an option really. Or I don't, I don't think it should be, even though it happens. Mm-hmm. But um. But we live less upset or less frustrated, less um, less us when we do that. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing of that. I, I love getting to hear the thought behind it. Um, so I want to ask you about the self-care cards. And in particular, I'd like to read one uh, one quote that comes from it. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions about it. Sure. So just as like a little intro for those of you who are listening, uh, Ilani has these really beautiful self-care cards that she, she sells on her website. And then you also have a bundle, right? Yes. What's the bundle called? Um, self-care bundle. Self-care bundle. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so one of the cards reads... Change isn't here to distract me. It's here to teach me. It's here to help me dig into the depths of my inner self. It's here to remind me of what I care about most. It's here to shake up my world and make room for what really counts. So <laughs> I loved that one right away. I saw I like saw it on the website and I was like, oh my God, I got to ask her about this. Um, so I have a couple questions related to that quote. The, the first one is what specifically inspired that first line because I think the choice of word like distract me that's a very like intense and powerful way and it's also something that rang true for me the minute I heard it I was like oh I know that feeling and so I wonder like you know in terms of writing process Mm -hmm. what was the inception point of that I think um I definitely wanted to talk about change and then specifically definitely obviously all the change we've been through during this pandemic was huge Mm -hmm. Um, but change is hard. So a lot of the times we don't speak about how hard it is. And I think it's really important to shed light on that bit so it could have less power over us. And I know the biggest changes in my life have felt like it's distracted me or it's really mm-hmm. brought me down. So like, like I said, I bring me to 
to my work. And I think it was really important to to use words that reach the person that it needs to reach, you know, that reaches the person mm-hmm. that is there, ha- who has felt it and could could bring or could have something um, motivating, no matter if it's scary or not, or no matter if it's destructing or not, like change. Change is for us, even if it doesn't feel like it at the moment because it sucks or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever is going on. But it really mm-hmm. shi- it could really shift us, even if it hurts us because we figure out what we want or don't want. Hopefully, you know, like, yeah, hopefully brings us to that awareness. So that is definitely like why I always use words or I try to use powerful words. Or if you see some powerful <laughs> words, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm not always here for the on the surface things. I love yeah. getting deep and like, let's let's just get real. Let's let's just yeah. talk about it. So, yeah. And so this was something that came out of pandemic. Was it also uh, did it come from? the stuff going on with protests as well. And the reason I asked that is because I think a lot of the language that I saw are a lot of the like reactions from people. Mm -hmm. And specifically I'm thinking about, you know, white people who have a really hard time accepting this like thought process of like, Oh, privilege Mm -hmm. or I need to change the way that I've been viewing this, or maybe I've been a part of the issue. And I think a lot of the strong reactions that can come from people not wanting to be what they would call criticized, which it's not, it's constructive criticism, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's needed. But I sometimes think that strong reaction does come from that piece of people having like an initial intense reaction that something is coming in to try and like, as you say, destroy them or destruct them or completely shift the way that they've come to understand the world. So I think it fits... Yeah, I don't know if if for you it came from there, but I can see it very much applying to that piece as well from this last year and how that plus the pandemic plus everything with the government is mm-hmm. just completely like throwing everyone yeah like on their heads wherever they were in their process of growth yeah. into like an even more intense like change. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, it's a mix of everything. Like, aside from it just being what it is, it's definitely influenced with everything that's gone on with the protests, with how the government's been, how, you know, everything's come out, what the pandemic has done to so many people. Um, a lot of it mirrors also what I include in my workbook, which is in part of the self-care bundle. So I want it to be a, like a, a limitless kind of product but definitely, mm. I think around the time when it came out, when I published it was what that or when I released it, it was in December. It was December 15th. So the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. It's really to get to remember, like, what's going on and also that change is always going to happen and that the mm-hmm. change that we're going through at the moment, we need to also see, as like you said, constructive criticism or like just something constructive for our well-being while it feels terrible or you know whatever it is anyone's going through change is always going to be there unfortunately what we've been through has been a lot but (laughs) but you know change um could really change you for the better you know like as cheesy as that sounds but like it could change you for the better and again it makes you come um really upfront with what you need to to shift or where you're where you're not supposed to be or like how much better Mm -hmm. you should be or I don't know like all the all those things 
So yeah. yeah, for sure. It's funny. My um, my boyfriend always says, you know, cliches are there for a reason. Right. Like they're silly, <laughs> but they have. There's a reason they're there. Yeah. You know? There's a reason we came up with that. Definitely. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Final final question for you before we get to the rapid fire ones. Um. So, in terms of change, um, what's what's something I guess in the last year for you personally has change taught you about yourself and you know whether that intersects with your podcast work or not eh, whatever feels most true for that answer I think there's always that imposter syndrome uh feeling of not being able to achieve things but just because I limit myself so Mm. especially 2020 and coming into 2021 I want to change those limiting beliefs that I have of myself so I've been working so hard in different ways to to really bring that and I think I've always done that but I think more than ever I'm just standing like firmly in there and trying not to be like all right I can't do this (laughs) you know but like I think in terms of like yeah change like you need to change if you want to succeed in the things that that you want like you can't stay the same and expect different results you know again a cliche thing we hear often mm-hmm. probably but like um but yeah like that need things in my life in that sense need to change so i could be where i want professionally um in my relationships and just like personal things in my life okay awesome well it is time for the rapid fire questions All right. which- I know you've heard them, so you may have had some time to prepare, Uh, but we'll start with number one. I always like to know um, who is someone that you either would name as like a mentor, whether they know it or not, um, or (laughs) someone you emulate in the podcast space. Oh, wow. I didn't prepare. <laughs> I didn't prepare. Um, I'm glad you didn't. It's always fun in the moment to see what people's like thoughts are. Yeah. Oh, man. That is such a difficult one. I think I honestly, I need to, as much as I try to find out as much information and stay on top of podcasts, I need to listen to more podcasts. <laughs> to be honest, if I'm completely honest, like it's, I think because I'm, I'm so driven to do the work that I do that sometimes it consumes me a lot. So I'm not able to yeah. do that well. But at this moment, uh, I don't have an okay. answer, unfortunately. Is there, uh, is there a writer? Is that something more tangible for you? A writer? That you like are inspired by or that you always go back to, whether it's to read their stuff? Yeah, I could answer that one better. <laughs> All right, let's do that one. All right. Um I love Alex L. Like anything she writes, I have all of her books. So her definitely. Um, Doesn't she have a podcast? Yeah, or am I total? No, she yeah. does. Well, there, here, there you go. That's, oh, that is that's true. Problem. Oh my god, yeah. thank you. You make you helped me answer it. No, I do, actually one of her episodes really influenced. Um, in the first season, I did one with five different guests, and they uh-huh. answered how. Um, or gave their advice working from home. So she was definitely yeah. someone who, or I used one of her episodes to like give an example of what that could look like for, for these guests. So yeah, definitely Alex L. Okay. <laughs> definitely. Oh, like, yeah. I love her work since, since like her yeah. first book. Like I've always been such an admirer of her. 
Mm. I haven't read her book, but I have, I've listened to the podcast here and there. It's like one of those ones that's on my list Mm -hmm. of a million podcasts that I'm like, I need to listen to Mm -hmm. these, but I, I follow her on Instagram and I really like what she has to say in a lot of her like quotes, you know? Yeah. It's just amazing. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, so this one then might be a difficult question for you, but you can answer it as like, when you do listen to podcasts, what are some of the ones that you would like shout out that you enjoy and that would be on your queue when you have time to listen? All right. So right now I am listening to The Office Ladies because I love The Office and I miss, I miss watching it oh, on nice. Netflix. <laughs> so honestly, like I, I was listening to a lot more, maybe more in the summer And because Mm -hmm. I've just gotten so busy, I just put that on like when I'm working out just to catch up on it weekly. But definitely that Alex's podcast is also one that I listen to. And then there's also the Kitchen kitchen Club podcast. It's by these two women in um, in England. They talk about like uh, a lot of different things, but they center, center around like making the guests three with three ingredients, their favorite foods of their favorite foods, they make like a dish out of it. And then they just have a conversation with them. So that's cool. Yeah, that's a super cool concept. And I love food. So um, I love listening to episodes. Um, Yeah, those are I think my top three definitely that I, I really listen to and try to catch up on. Cool. I'll have to check out that third one. I haven't heard of it until until just now. But it sounds like a fun concept. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So final question, where can my listeners find you and support what you're doing and how can they support what you're doing? Yeah. So you could find me on Ilani Salcedo on Instagram. And also that's my website. And then for my podcast on Instagram, Ilani Talks. And support me by listening to me when it comes to my podcast, definitely. And if you want to shop for anything on my other um, website, Ilani Salcedo, definitely um, check it out. My products for the the workbook that I have out will actually be only available until the end of March. So if you want to catch that, catch that now before it's gone. <laughs> but the self-care cards will definitely be there. So if that's something that you're interested in, check that out as well. And yeah, that's, dope. that's great. Yeah. I have to say your website websites because your podcast one and your other one and these cards you're like your stuff is so beautifully curated oh, thank you <laughs> you're welcome i love it it's just it's such a i just love the color choice the like relaxing vibe of the visuals it's really well done thank you i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah you're welcome All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. And I loved getting to hear more of just like the background of how you came to do it. I always love hearing people's stories about that. Thank you for having me. I love love this chat and getting deep with things. (laughs) Our original music is produced by Carrie Blue and everything else is produced by me, myself, and I, Ms. Alexandra Cole. And you can follow me on Instagram at Podraland, P-O-D dot D-R-A-L-A-N-D, or Twitter at Podraland, minus the period. And you can find more of what I do on Podraland at www.podraland.com, where I recommend women-hosted podcasts and feature indie women podcasters. So I hope to see you there. Feel free to subscribe to the newsletter 
newsletter, you'll get recommendations and updates about this podcast. And finally, make sure to share this episode, tag us in it, like that shit, give us a review. Anything you do helps not just this podcast get more exposure, but also helps these women's voices be heard by way more people. And ultimately, that's our goal. So let's fucking do it. 